Happy New Year, Coops. Happy New Year, Patrick. How uh, how are you? How are things? How was your how was your holiday season? Yeah, good. Um, very family orientated, as my New Year's plans were cancelled, uh, and I went back to work yesterday, yeah. which was just tragic. Not easy, is it? No, it made me realise that I want to retire. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. OnlyFans is getting more. <laughs> Closer, really, I feel. Um, yeah. yeah. You should give it a go. Well, it's funny you should say that. Is it, is, is it a New Year's resolution of yours? One of my New Year's resolutions is to start an OnlyFans, yeah. 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 Um, what, what, what's, what would be your target market? The blind? <laughs> Can I say that? No, I'm not going to start an OnlyFans. I've got loads of New Year's resolutions this year. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on my career more. Okay. Go to the gym more. Yeah. How long have you had a gym membership? Well, a good year now. (laughs) Good year. Just a little loosener of a year, was it? Yeah, well, the barcode rubbed out from scanning it through the past too long, so I had to get a new one. It is a nightmare. Um, uh, Well, yeah, career, go to the gym, drink more water. It's exciting. (laughs) You can't drink more water is not a New Year's resolution. It's Um, like an essential... (laughs) Thing to stay alive. More water, less beer. Then less beer. Right. Is that is that dry January or is that for twelve months? Um, well, we'll see how you go through January and then go from there. Yeah, realistically, mm. see how see how the next week pans out and go from there. Really, um, and then as a little caveat, I like to throw in that I'm uh, also set a New Year's resolution of not sticking to resolutions. Oh yeah, yeah. So at least one of those five, I will um, I will achieve. <laughs> That's a good way of doing it. Not, you're definitely not going to fail at a New Year's resolution. That I absolutely won't. Have you got any? Um, well, 2021 was relatively good for me. So in terms of improving a lot of things that went wrong in 2021, like England not winning the Euros. Can you set a resolution for England to win the World Cup? I think you absolutely can, mate, because they're just like the resolutions I've set in which they will not happen. <laughs> Uh, and then I guess just just the standard ones of um, go to the gym, be healthier. After watching, don't look up as well. Feel like I need to be better to the planet. Yeah, that was chaos. Yeah, yeah. I don't want any, don't want those meteorites to come. I, was, I will come get anything worse than just eating dinner, knowing you're about to die. Yeah. What would you have done in that situation? That's a very very good question. Mm. Um, I think I stick on the United uh, City. <laughs> League Cup on repeat <laughs> sit there um, and just yeah I'd I'd probably not go to the gym or anything like that for a good couple of weeks just while it's like coming down there's no point then at that so have you, think, have you thought a comet's been hitting the planet all of 2021 then or <laughs> well that was what obviously is leading up to the film no I'm not sure what I have absolutely no idea what would you do in that situation uh, get a delivery yeah wait for it all to blow over <laughs> I've got another, another resolution. Yeah, actually, is I'm gonna get your face on a billboard in Bristol. Okay. Okay. Doing anything in particular, or for your OnlyFans account? Mm. And, All right. Yeah. And promote the pod. Promote the pod on a billboard. That'll be a good New Year's resolution. Billboard incoming. <laughs> Here's Emmanuel Thomas again, finding that pocket of space. Left footed shooting. Oh, what a goal! What a goal that is! With a strike. Oh, what a tremendous goal from Lambert. Ricky 
Richie Lambert won't score a better goal than that. Must be 40 yards out. What a boy that was. Welcome to Brizzle Kicks, the podcast or therapy session that shares the thankless and mostly joyless task of being a Bristol City and Bristol Rovers football fan. Saying that, being a Bristol football fan does prepare you for serial failure and constant disappointment. Have you been watching much sport over Christmas? I've watched a bit, mate. Yeah. yeah. Do you watch The Ashes? No. No. I, no I, I, I like to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I so do I, but I thought, you know, over Christmas, I'm going to stay up and watch The Ashes down under because... The coach, Chris Silverwood, promised us all that this is the best they've ever prepared for an Ashes series. I don't think that's true. <laughs> no. <laughs> Didn't go to plan. Well, hindsight's a wonderful thing, let's be honest. But you know, I could spend an entire podcast unpacking the absolute disaster, but I won't. Um, but I think this does rank up there with sort of the only sporting catastrophe in my lifetime that could bottom Bristol Rovers getting relegated out of the Football League, needing just a point to stay up against a team that was so uninterested in playing the final game of the season, uh, they forgot to bring their own kit with them. It's quite funny how your sporting bottom is up there with one of my sporting great moments. I think that says a lot. Yeah. But, um, But let's be honest, you're going down under which is notoriously difficult. Australia have won their, or England have won in Australia twice in the last 40 years. You come off the back... Not ba- a lot. No, it just, the odds aren't against you. No. You come off the back of a pandemic yeah. where you haven't played much cricket, you haven't trained much, you've won four test matches all year. Yeah. And you're going there saying that this is the best you've ever prepared for an Ashes series. What do you think would have happened if he come out and said, I'll be honest with you, we're going to lose 5-0? What would... Yeah, but you, you could go in going, this is going to be tough. How we, We've prepared the best we can. Yeah, right. Manage uh, expectations. Yeah, not just go in there all guns blazing. Was the hype up <clears throat> for the Ashes? Were people expecting us to do a lot better? Yeah. Yeah. And like the implosion was absolutely spectacular. Okay. Like, first ball of the entire series, bold. Stump out the ground. Good start. And, and it went down there from there, really. Uh, ex- so far, extras is our highest, is our third highest scorer in the in the series. Um, Good player that extras. <laughs> Australia bought uh, <clears throat> Boland in a thirty-four-year-old for his debut, and took eight wickets. Thirty-four. Is that like a going rate for a cricket player? Or is that pretty fast old? bowler? That's pretty old. Yeah, like, yeah. Mitchell Stark, their fast bowler, has got a higher batting average than any of the English batsmen. <laughs> They haven't been a good series, has no, it? No, and Stuart Broad, who gets that, who's got their opener out more than anybody else in the world, hasn't played in two of the first three test matches. So, you know, however, I waste a lot of time watching that and I refuse to watch the next two tests. Okay. But, like Bristol football fans, cricket fans turn up regardless. Yeah, the Barmy Army are pretty special. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I see what you like about cricket. I think you can only, only feel good when there's a group of England fans representing the country down there, even if the players don't bother. Yeah, but at the same time, you, you are going to places like Sri Lanka, like paradise. Yeah, you're not having too much. 30p a, a pint. Yeah. Watch, are you really that bothered about 
actually it's probably better if if, if you're shit really well, i did actually go down to sri lanka to watch yes, some right. cricket um i saw the 2020 world cup which was perfect for me because i the I 2020 world cup we're in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic no it was the sri lanka india sri lanka 2020 world cup 2020 is in the format oh. of 2020 <laughs> of cricket yeah come on cooch wake up mate um yeah so i uh, i can see the appeal definitely um but yeah they're always there will they be there for the second last two tests you reckon or have they given up? The well, it's, all, it's, all the, it's all the Australian Barmy Army effect of people that are expats living in sort of the Australian cities. Oh, okay. So fair enough. Mm. You would have to assume that all England cricket players are vaccinated, right? Because we heard about Djokovic. I know that's been taken back. But you'd have to assume that every single England player had been vaccinated to get into Australia, right? Um, yeah, it seems so. They've got the tough rules. Well, it's quite interesting that you know, footballers, there's quite a few out there that are unvaxxed. Few of them are quite vocal about it, Naki Wells. Oh, is, is he vocal about it, is he? He's a complete anti-vaxxer, yeah. 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 Um, whereas cricket, the gentleman's sport, let's get our jabs, let's, let's go down. Whereas Djokovic, he's really put digging his heels in. He refused. Yeah, well, um, it's actually come up in the press this week. Right. So Joey Barton has been drawing more press attention to Bristol Rovers. Yeah, um, good old Joey. Yeah. Uh, and he's taken a swipe this week at Jurgen Klopp, which is credit, where, target. credit <laughs> where credit's due. A League Two football manager take, taking aim at sort of one of Liverpool's David greatest ever. Goliath, right? Yeah. Uh, basically, Jurgen Klopp uh, stated he will not be signing any unvaccinated players going forward, to which Joey Barton came out in his um, diplomatic way. Uh, and said, who are we as football managers to judge whether a player should be vaccinated or not? Hmm. Um, so maybe Joey Barton has identified an upcoming niche in the professional football market of... The bargain bin. <laughs> the, bar- <laughs> the unwanted. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you just got to hope there's a gem in there. It's like TK Maxx. <laughs> yeah. You know, you go in, you got to rifle through, you got to be in the right mindset, but you might find the gem. Yeah, you've got to be patient. You've got to be patient. And you've, God, got, yeah. you've got to pick the right day to go to TK Maxx. Saturday is just like... Yeah, don't ever go to TK Maxx. Don't even go shopping on a Saturday. What are you doing that for? But yeah, um, hope, well, Erlen Harland, right? Well, you're not going to find Erlen Harland in TK Maxx, He's unvaccinated, let's say. I don't know. Klopp would sign him, wouldn't he? Klopp would sign Haaland. He, yeah. wouldn't, he would not get Haaland in, do the medical, get him through and goes, oh, just one last thing, mate. Have you had your jabs? Yeah. And he goes, nah. nah <laughs> don't sorry, don't believe in it, yeah. Yeah, he goes, nah, not for me. And he goes, well, that's, I'm sorry, mate. I'm going to have to, this is, this is off, deal's yeah. off. Yeah, you have to go to United instead. Someone tell Fabrizio <laughs> to say, here we are, do not go. Um, yeah. But it would be interesting if, like the spine of his team, Alison Van Dyke and Salah would just turn around and be like, I'm not vaccinated. I'm not, I refuse to get any more vaccines. Something tells me Klopp would be changing his mind <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah. So basically, Joey Barton shops in TK Maxx, Jurgen Klopp shops in, what, House of Fraser? But he has also got something to say about everything, Annie Joey Barton. He really does. He's just always commenting on little things. What, what's he bothered about Klopp for? What's he worried about what he's saying? 
Do you know what I mean? But he hasn't had many games to talk about recently, has he? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, what do you do? You think, do you think a condition of player should be to be vaccinated? No, absolutely not. I can. No, it's a personal choice. I don't think you can force anyone to be vaccinated, and that's my political opinion. So you're agreeing with Joey Barton? Uh, on certain things, yes. There are other things that I completely are against Joey Barton. No, he's right. I don't. I don't think you should single people out for not doing it right mm, exactly that and um we've seen clearly we mentioned Djokovic how a sports personality can be bigger than the actual sports body and this has caused absolute chaos in Australia in terms of them granting him an exemption form to play in the, the defenders title in the Australian Open when the, <laughs> when when they couldn't for the first ashes test they couldn't use the snickometer because they couldn't they weren't. They wouldn't allow the en- the only engineer that fixed the snickometer in uh, Melbourne or the first test had to tro- had to cross a state line, and they refused to allow him to cross the state line to fix the snickometer. So they played the first test without the snickometer. They couldn't even cross the state line. Is it state by state? Yeah. It's- yeah. Whereas uh, Djokovic gets gets the part in you come, sir. Don't yeah. worry about it. Oh, it's all right. It's just what we tell people. <laughs> yeah, none of us have had it. Or, that is, yeah, it's um, it's a it's a bit mental. If I lived in Australia and I wasn't allowed to see my family or whatever, and and they were affecting me, which they were, are all, which is happening, and then some sportsman comes in, they go, "I oh, don't worry about it." <laughs> you would be annoyed. You can see why there's been backlash, and actually, um, it has been reversed, right? Yeah. Well, they made the. Novak Djokovic's people made a mistake on the visa form so it gave them the opportunity after everyone kicked off they they were oh there's a mistake on his form that's how we can sort of reverse this decision yeah and then and then they locked him in a hotel room and wouldn't let him out with two with two armed guards apparently (laughs) poor old Djokovic he only only came to play tennis yeah yeah he's now now a a a national uh, enemy yeah and and rightly so (laughs) Ironically, though, following that interview, both Liverpool's game was postponed due to COVID, <laughs> despite the entire squad being vaccinated. And of course, Rovers haven't played since December the 11th. So the entire debate is irrelevant. Because COVID is right through Rovers and Liverpool. Yeah. Another thing I was... Uh, sort of half into over the Christmas period was the darts at Ali Pali. Yes, love it. What a tournament, right? Yeah, yeah, I only watched like three and you were pretty much explaining most of it to me. Love it. It's one thing I've always wanted to go to, Ali Pali. It's one of those things where all your mates, you say, we are going to the darts next year and you never do. Um, But they managed to pack it out all right. Mm-hmm. It's COVID-free zone, isn't it? Just COVID. As soon as you enter the Ali Pali, mate, you are COVID safe. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, well, the lead up to Christmas, I, it got a little bit quieter. I saw a lot of tickets going, um, people sort of leaving it and stuff, but the atmosphere was still brilliant. Um, it, is it embarrassing? Are the darts fans embarrassing? Well, that they go, they go to London dressed like they're on a stag do. Right before Christmas. More the songs, mate. We had ten German bombers and, and just well, and the Yaya Colo Torre song. Which twenty twelve I was doing that in Magaluf. 
How has that survived that long? Well, I guess like the Ali Pallies is just like stopped in time, hasn't it? <laughs> Everyone's stuck in there. No, I, I, I'm, um, I'm an absolute darts fan once a year uh, for the World Championships. Other than that, I'm not going to watch like the, the Premier League or anything. I'm not that bothered mm. about darts, but I love the World Championships. I love that everyone gets involved. I can understand if you're a darts purist, you probably look at the World Championships and think, absolute guff. Look at all these idiots. They know nothing. Um, but when you go to any sort of dart, when you see any darts event on TV, the crowd's like that everywhere. But most darts fans, like proper darts fans, they're bedwetters anyway. <laughs> so I'm not too fussed about what they think. And... Uh, the songs uh, it, it is it is hijacked a little bit by football fans, right? It's hijacked by the beer and it's hijacked by the fancy dress a little bit. But you can still appreciate the good darts. A few nine darters in there as well. Unbelievable. Yeah, great tournament. They make it look easy. Yeah, yeah. I had a little blast at darts a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm rubbish. It's really difficult to throw a dart at a treble 20. I had 20 darts, me and my mate, and we said just hit a treble 20 and we didn't. I don't know what that says about us, all the pros. Similar to your football skills as well, isn't it? Well, uh, maybe just sport in general is just not for me. Is darts a sport? Should it be at the Olympics? Yeah, uh, yes, a sport. Yeah. Imagine it was at the. They missed an opportunity at London 2012 because at London 2012 you get to put some sports forward. They should have put darts because that would have been. Imagine like some of those countries <laughs> playing darts. And if you've got archery. Take, then you can have darts. Take out archery, stick in darts. Take dart. out archery. That's just cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Darts is brilliant. Um, Imagine some of these pub customers be representing Team GB at the Olympics. Team GB, and you got Big Keith at the front, who's twenty be, pints deep. You've got to be an amateur. Yeah, amateur amateur darts. So player. professional darts players wouldn't be able to play because you've got to be an amateur. Effectively, from the Black Swan Amersham, yeah. Keith, and he comes out and he's he's twenty points deep and he's steaming. He drops the drops the the torch. <laughs> oh, it'd be chaos, but it'd be good. Yeah, uh, it was a good it was a good tournament. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to apologise for it. I watch it once a year. I don't know enough to I know enough to hold a conversation, but I haven't got a season ticket. It's good Christmas entertainment. Absolutely, it's a bit of sports when everything else is. It's just a bit lacklustre. It's a bit like Die Hard at Christmas, isn't it? It's... Yeah, it's not quite a Christmas film, but you watch it at Christmas. Yeah, yeah perfect. So the, the Leicester City, the entire Leicester City squad went Court. for a day out at Ali oh, Pali. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that okay or is that not? I think it's absolutely fine. It's, it's at, like, They can do what they like, but at the same time, it's also a bit mental. <laughs> it's a bit mental. I'm not sure I would have publicised it as much as I suppose I didn't have a choice if they sat down on the tables or whatever. Now, fair play to him. Of course, Mads was going to be there, mate. Bloke's an absolute <laughs> lunatic, I reckon. Absolute little chav. He loves it. He loves it. So in a recent 442, you know the magazine? I do, mate, the, yeah. I haven't the, read it for a while, I've got to say. But, um, so yeah. it's the thing I used to buy Religiously. On, on the train for a train journey, like to a, to a football game. I used to get them for Christmas. What do you mean? Like, that I used was to a, get a 4 4. No, it, wasn't really, oh, come on, it was in, in, in my stocking. What, you, you just basically you just got the December issue. I right? actually used to get the annual, oh. the 442 annual. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's good. It's, it's all right, isn't yeah. it? Credible football magazine. Absolutely. Or publication, you'd say. 100%. Yeah. So uh, they just published a list of the top or the best 100 stadiums in Great Britain. Yeah, I've got a massive problem with that title. <laughs> so, um, like, you, you, you'd expect it to be really credible. And I, when you look at one of these lists, you expect some quirky little grounds and stuff on there. And Yeah, yeah. Fort Williams ground. Um, there's some really cool, nice, um, yeah, non-league grounds in there as well. It's cool. So, um, Bristol City finished, like, 86th. Yeah, out of 100. Yeah. Yeah, the new one as well, not the yeah, old one. Yeah, they, they even wrote about how it has been done up. Uh, they did, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, and then the Memorial Stadium yeah, finished higher than Ashton Gate. Yes, yes. So Ashton Gate was beaten by Bath City's Twerton Park. You yeah. Know, City of Bath, for tourists, it might be it's still a dump. But the new lawn, Forest Green, which has literally got nothing about it, yeah. Again, above that was above Memorial Stadium as well. Whoish Park in Yeovil. I've got a problem with that one. <laughs> well, not the other two. <laughs> well, I can, like you say, Twerton Park, you can see what it is. The new lawn, it's different, isn't it? It's, it's all vegan. It's all vegan. It's a bit of wood in there. And Hewish Park, <laughs> have you been? There is there there is nothing endearing about Hewish Park. There is no redeeming factor of Hewish Park. The place. The stadium. The people. <laughs> I cannot describe how bad of a time I've had at Yeovil. It was awful. We lost 2-0. Anyway. <laughs> any others there at well? Dover Athletic Ground was high. Oh, my God. Uh, I think the worst one of all, Adams Park. Again, terrible football stadium. Terrible location. Nothing about it in High Wycombe. Um, but uh, even as a Rovers fan... I've got to say, it is absolutely absurd that Ashton Gate is not above Memorial Stadium. Can I put my theory on this, please? Yeah. What they've done is they've gone through the Football League or, and they've gone, oh, Bristol City, let's put them in there. And they've said Bristol City. And because Bristol was on their mind, they'd forgotten about Rovers. And they went, <laughs> oh, God, yeah, Bristol Rovers, where do we put them in? And we go, ah, oh, let's just stick them a couple under Bristol City and get people talking. So you were a second thought, and they've just gone down the list. They've got, oh, you know, that or, one's free. Let's or, stick that or, one or in. Or it's the other way around, and they've gone, oh, Rovers have got quite... They've started at 100. Rovers have got... <laughs> you never write a 1 to 100 list at what? Rovers have got quite a quirky little ground. Let's put them in somewhere. Oh, we, if we put them in, we better put City in. Calling the Memorial <laughs> Stadium quirky is, has to be one of the roguish shouts I've heard all year. I mean, quirky doesn't necessarily mean better, does it? Boris Johnson's quirky. Does quirky mean nothing matches? You've got a couple of tents, you run out of sausage rolls before half time, and you've got a brand new set of tarmac in the car park. Concrete. <laughs> Not even tarmac. Well, it just gets better and better. I hope you listen to this 442. Maybe it's for the Santa's Grotto. Maybe, maybe. Think of all the children they lure into that. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I, lists like that I think can be easily overlooked. I would agree. I would go as far to agree that number one, the Ibrox, is probably a fair number one, actually. Number two, Celtic Park. That It feels like 
some there's a Rangers fan in there just wrote that whole that whole just list waiting just, for just a, just a, just a pip Celtic <laughs> at the post yeah um, but um, what I mean, makes pro- a good football stadium what what would you what's your number one stadium personally if you had to put a stadium in there what would your number one be um, it depends what we're ranking it on like uh you got to take a lot of things into atmosphere. Yeah. If you're a, the, what's what the away sections like? Yeah. Uh, food. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's important these days. You have got footy scrans, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, how easy it is to get to the ground and get away from the ground? Yeah. Especially Sporting Rovers, you lose most away games, so you don't want to hang about, do you? <laughs> Uh, not, not that I go to many. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. When the train station's miles away, Swansea's like that, mm. miles away. Mm. Um, I've been to the new Spurs ground. That's great. Again, miles away from stations. Um, Blackpool's always a good away day. That's for the atmosphere, yeah. isn't it? The, the, the ground is is all right. There's not much to say. Well, it's not even that good, really, is it? It's no, it's the, it's the whole it's the whole weekend. Though, yeah, it? but it's the weekend. It's the drink. It's the atmosphere. I think as you get older, you start appreciating more things. Mm. I think you start looking at things like family stands, um, warmth, warmth. Yeah, if you get like if you're an old bloke, really old, you don't want to be sat. You don't want to be sat at Colchester United when the wind is howling through the stand. You want to be in a nice cosy bowl. Having a good time. <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, yeah, and the view as well from your seat. I, I've, you know, how many times, I don't know how many times I've been to a stadium and I haven't, can't even see the bloody pitch half the time. The stand's really low. The away fans are either funneled into one block and you're all stuck there. Um, one of the worst away trips in Millwall. You can't see anything. <laughs> The other thing is, they you come out after the game. It's not actually all right because they hate you so much they actually weirdly like us, so we we get no trouble. But um, you you come out. It must be horrible for you know, people to hate because you come out the away stand. You walk through this sort of enclosed, in, this gated enclosure yeah. to keep you away from the Millwall fans. But yeah. then the enclosure ends up at the bottom of the at the stairs to the station. Yeah, so right you, where it is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if it was like you're funneling, funneling, funneling you into your last... Into your doom. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Wimbledon away and their old ground was awful because you literally couldn't... You're stuck in the corner. I never did Wimbledon away. No, you don't, you don't get to go to those... Uh... You don't get the luxury of Wimbledon, mate. Sorry. Uh, I've done Newcastle. Yeah. That's a good in one. St. James Park, yeah. Again, it's all... Long old walk up, but when you're up there, it's well worth it. But it's massive. Of course it is. A great ground, great city. It's The weekend was unbelievable. Mm. Not just the game. So basically, the best away grounds is all about... The piss up. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely... I think it's bang on. I think it I think it counts for the... Um, for the result you have there as well, I've I've I think Sheffield United ground Bramall Lane is abs- is amazing. I love it. It's tucked right in the houses. It's one sort of block, um, sort of brick wall that you all walk through. The the turnstiles are on the road. I mean, it's brilliant. Um, but we also scored in the last minute, so that's probably and we had a right old night out after. <laughs> so I'm starting to think that might be probably why I like Bramall Lane so much. Fulham away is always good for Bristol clubs. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's easy trip. Pat Fulham's West London. Yeah, get down. We get obviously get the boat, the party boat down the Thames, and that. Yeah, it's well worth it. Again, 
for the piss up. So what what ground would you rank number one and what ground would you rank 100? And let's put this to bed. Number one would be Anfield. Okay. Uh, it's still got its charm of sort of a proper stadium. Like it's not a bowl. It hasn't been completely redeveloped. It's still got the history. Um, the atmosphere is unbelievable. Um, best atmosphere I've been at in a club game. Um, it's in the houses, like you say. The Liverpool, Liverpool for the nightlife afterwards is great. Um, so yeah, that that would hundred percent be number one for number me. One. What about you? Uh, number one for me. Um, mm, this is I'm bending the rules a little bit. The Millennium Stadium, I think, is the best stadium in the UK for atmosphere. It's perfect. It's dug into the ground. It's it's a real close, intimidating, great atmosphere. I love it in there. And um, uh, the quicker they get rid of Wem- Wembley, the better. To be honest, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I think the Millennium is is so much better, and it's closer for us. So that's always good, isn't it? Yeah, we were, only time I've been there, we lost. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah. went there with England in the rugby, and we lost. We had a tough one against Brighton. Um, oh, that was good, that one, wasn't it? Yeah, but the Carlisle made up for it. <laughs> LDV. Uh, and worst? Worst ground for me was Gillingham uh, on that um, temporary stand. And I got sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, awful. Got sunburned in March. Yeah, yeah. It was actually killer. Uh, do you know what? I'd actually, if, if, if I'm looking at it from a way fan point of view, I'd actually say probably the worst place to go is on the way fan could be the memorial stadium it's a dump it is that away end is horrific so we can agree number one i'll 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 agree with your number one not anfield i think anfield's fair i think out of the two um and i think it's fair to say that the worst ground in the whole of football is probably the memorial stadium oh it's terrible but it's ours So 2021 was majestically summed up with the 2021 Football League table. So you sent this to me. Yeah. And it's good, uh, isn't it? Yeah. In, in, in true Rovers fan style, when I opened it, I saw the title and I thought, I know exactly what this is. And I scanned from one downwards. <laughs> yeah. It was, I had to scan a long way. Naturally, I should have probably scanned from the bottom, but I decided we won't be that low. Yeah, how bad have we been? So, City finished 86th. Just to explain what this was, it was every every team in the Football League. All 92. All 92 um, from the, for the past year. So January, 1st of January, December the 31st, what a league table would look like from all the league games played over those During that time. So City finished 86th. Which blows your mind how they didn't get relegated. Absolutely. Uh, when you finish, what, sixth bottom? Yeah, yeah. As the uh, lowest finishing championship club. And you're still in the championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's impressive in itself. And one of the highest wage bills in the championship in terms of turnover. Yes, Coops, thank you very much. Well, Rovers weren't exactly sort of too far off then. 
Um, no, we were 90th. The third worst club, points-wise, in the year 2021. Yeah. Um, and beaten by only Newcastle United and Burnley. Burnley played 11 less games than us. They would have they would have pipped you, I think, oh, if yeah. they'd have played the 11. Um, so therefore, we can literally assume that Bristol Rovers are currently Britain's worst football league side. Yeah, I don't see why anybody would disagree with that at all. Uh, it really doesn't make for good reading at all for Bristol football. No, and also to get relegated in May from League One and then still finish third bottom when you played half you your games in, in League lower two. league. It's um, it's awful, mate. It's absolutely terrible, uh, and I a- absolutely love it. Well, just trust the process. Trust the process. Honestly, this time next year... Evolution, not revolution. We'll be talking about the top two, mate. The top two? <laughs> the top two. Top two has been a good start to 2022 for us. Oh, played 1-1-1. One, one, one. Played 1-1-1, one, 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 and what a game it was. Um, and not a bad start for you either, I, ha- I have to add. Not unbeaten in 2022? Yeah, exactly. We're both unbeaten. We're on the road for the top two in that league. I can see it now, mate. I can see it now. That's if we ever play again. <sighs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, I went to a Bristol City game, mate. Was, was it everything you dreamed of and remember? And can you wait to go back to your next game? I don't think I'm ever going to go again. Uh, no, it was all right, actually. I will be completely honest. We played really well. It was QPR game, December the 30th. We played really well in the first half. We didn't start Chris Martin. We looked way more dynamic. We had loads of young players playing. We were playing nice attack in free-flowing football against QPR, who, hasten, I hasten to add, are playing very well and pushing for the playoffs. So I wasn't really expecting a result. Go 1-0 up. All's going well. Um, and then obviously, yeah, one all, and you think, right, that's all right. I'll take a point here. I'll take a point. Um, at home to QPR. At home to QPR, I'll take a point. hundred percent. The way the way our clubs are going at the moment, happy days, happy days. Uh, until obviously in the final minute, um, we concede. Of course, in the ninety third, I believe. Um, yeah, disappointment. But all round positivity. I couldn't be more pleased with that. That the first game you've gone to, second, second game you've gone to, you saw a ninety-third minute winner against you. What end was the winner at? Do you want to know the worst thing about it? The first game I watched this season, I saw a ninety-third winner against us. <laughs> so I've made a conscious decision to help the team and not go ever again. That's your New Year's resolution, though, wasn't it? <laughs> My New Year's resolution should be to never go to Bristol City because we will concede in the last minute um actually i went to the charlton game where we scored in the last minute and i actually went down to the toilet and missed the goal (laughs) so i think on 90 i should literally just well i should just leave and hope that you know if we're winning nothing happens if we're losing we might score if i'm not there um but no it was it was it was good it was really good to be back um, had a few drinks, saw a few old faces. It was good. It was it was a good day out. It was also thirty five quid, uh, which is extortionate for a match day ticket. Yeah, that is that is mental. Yeah, but then uh, well, it was thirty quid. Got a membership, but 
but you get a little fiver off. You get a fiver off, but it's a lot of money. People you, are going to be got, priced out of football. Then you got beer on top of that, food, travel. It was a hundred and fifty pound day. Yeah. It was, and um, obviously that was my choice. I went to the pub and I drank a lot and I had a good time. <laughs> I'm not saying that everybody will do that, but it's you know, you got kids, you got. A couple of your mates have got, um, they want to come with you. They've got two kids. It's, it's an extortionate amount of money to go and watch what is, quite frankly, at this moment, second-rate football. Well, that wage bill's got to be covered somehow, hasn't it? It's very true. Very true. The gap the gap is there, I suppose. And they did offer 30% off their home shirt. So, um, not that I've taken it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was nearly... A bit of a disastrous festive period for City, really, wasn't it? If it wasn't for that, that little comeback. Yeah. Which, Jesus, when's the DVD coming out? The Millwall comeback? Yeah. Hey, it's, it's, it, when when results... Think anyone think you'd won the league? When results are hard to come by... Um, we do that, by the way, when we win a game. Our admin on Twitter goes nuts. Honestly. He, well, it's not, it's not just your admin, it's just all the City fans on Twitter. It was a great game, great result, and I wasn't there. <laughs> it's a great, yeah, it was fantastic. What hat trick from Andy Vyman? What a player! Been our, a standout player of the season, deserved it. Back in the squad, in he comes, hat trick, happy days. One of the greatest ACL comebacks I think I've ever seen. I'm just saying it shows where you are as a club when you are celebrating a home win against Millwall that much. Yeah, I yeah yeah, oh, absolutely, and I think I think people need to come to terms with that. To be honest, you look how many young players we had on on the side, academy graduates. We're we're a, we're a growing club. We're, honestly, we're I think foundations are being laid. Finally, there was a lot of talk about it to start with, and now you can actually see it on the pitch. You can't just buy your way. You can. It's been done. Yeah. But Bristol City cannot just buy their way to finish top two in the championship, top six in the championship. They have to. They have to nurture their talent, make it work. I just really hope we keep hold of it. Really. On the plus side, no buses were set on fire with the Millwall game. Not this time. No, not this time. <laughs> All's well. So, Rovers unbeaten over Christmas. Been, yeah, been great. Yeah, what have you all been doing? Kissing each other. Covid all over, mate. What is going on? Well, it's just uh, had a few injuries, haven't we? So. In, in, injury table's quite big, so... Get the Sharpie out and write that second red line. So he's probably sending the Rovers players to Ali Pally. <laughs> Get amongst it, lads. <laughs> Get in, lads. It's, it's your... <laughs> Now's your chance. Or you got Joey Barton in the medical room with the, PC, uh, with the PCR test with a little red Sharpie, pen. Sharpie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, look... It's, Get, get it's... our defence back. At least, you know, at least you're not losing. But, I mean, there's literally quite nothing to talk about with the Rovers over, over the... From a performance point of view, no. We we nearly played Lane Orient. That was called off at ten a.m. I did see Whale. Will he decided? Will say that again. Will Will Cady? He's decided to pay the fans that went up there. Though to be fair, yeah, he's gonna pay them off. No, he's gonna fund their travel to go to the next game. Of course, yes. That's a double-edged sword. That's not fair. Yeah, it's a midweek. It's a midweek game. He is going to fund travel for the midweek game, though, in full well, there'll be less people going to that. That bloke is skin. <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. I thought, I've, I've, I must have read that wrong. Are you going to fund everyone's train travel to London? Like, that's mental. Well, no, just... No, you just go, 
if you want to come to the next game, then we'll put buses on for you and we'll take you and bring you back. I can imagine them buses. Imagine the stink. Yeah, no, there ain't much to chat about Rovers-wise, I suppose. Um, uh, COVID good. in the camp. No. Uh, we are making moves in the transfer window already, which is unlike Rovers. So I've noticed. Yeah. Ryan Loft. Ooh! See, that that is the beauty of a, a League Two football signing. <laughs> you have no idea who he is. So he comes with no pre-connotations. That's right. The... Um, However, it's a bit of an obvious sign-in to join our sort of aging strike forces, Leon Clark and Brett Pittman. Yeah, Loft, he sounds like... He sounds like a League Two striker. Well, we're a League Two club. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've done well. Um, but yeah, Sam Frost put an interesting article to go about shows that Rovers have learned after their disastrous one last year where they failed to bring in any strikers. <laughs> and ended up a League Two club. Yeah, uh, and and he looks like he's been uh, playing around a football manager by putting Loft into different formations and stuff. Yeah, uh, it's quite interesting. But he's already been touted up as the sort of the missing link in this Rovers side. Okay, what is the missing link? Do you think a striker, Ryan Loft? Ryan Loft, apparently. Okay, yeah, I've seen his record. What makes you think he's uh, the missing link? Well, I don't. I've never seen the bloke play. But uh, but um, he's sick. Apparently, according to Scunthorpe journalists, okay, uh, he links play together well. Big target man, six foot four, young, uh, can hold it up, can get involved in attacking plays, and should bring in the best out of our sort of midfielders that we've been playing up front for the last. Uh, few weeks but. well time will tell but um the clip i saw of him he didn't exactly shine i have to say <laughs> well he's scunthorpe's top scorer this season uh who are currently 23rd in league two but that like that means if you if you're the top scorer of a team that's 23rd in league two you're either in such a bad team you're getting no service and you're still scoring goals or you're the reason they're twenty third because <laughs> you don't put any of the chances. You don't put any of the chances. Yeah, so he's either gonna, he's either going to be mint or absolutely dog shit. Yeah, um, let's hope it's the latter, and he sends you down as well as Scunthorpe. We're not going down. We're we're, going, we're making a dash for the playoffs. What's happening at uh, other side of the river? Not a lot, mate. We're skin. <laughs> we got no money. Um, We've sort of ruled loans out. We're not playing loans. Oh, I saw Pearson refuses loans. Yeah. When you're not buying any players, it's a bit of a problem. Yeah, I mean, it's early days yet. We'll see. We shall see. There has been a... Um, there has been a £6 million bid for Masengo, which um, is completely warranted. One of our one of our best players at the club. Young, um, Champions League experience. Um just a little low on the funds. I'd be very disappointed if he was to go there. I would be very disappointed, actually, that we'd accept that offer. Um, there's still 18 months left on his contract. Um, so we wouldn't want that to sort of run down too far. But I think he's a really exciting prospect. We have offered him a new contract today. Um, so time will tell on that one. Well, when you're a club... Going about to go into financial freefall, you've got to take everything you can get, can't you? I don't think I'm going into financial freefall. We have been in financial freefall for a year. Gates are back. We're going to do all right. 
Uh, none of the old Leicester players that can come and join the gang. Oh, mate, I'm waiting for Wes Morgan. I've got his shirt printed, waiting for him. Um, I probably can't get him on the roof yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the sterilist broken. Um, yeah, no, I, no, no, I can't think of any really. I'd like that Vardy fella. He's probably a few more years off. Yeah, and um, Mares as well. He's not bad. Remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they weren't Pearson players, though, were they? Oh, Vardy was, but Mares wasn't. He wasn't there. No, no. But but he was still okay. Leicester. There's still a link. I'm sure, Danny Drinkwater's knocking around somewhere. Drinkwater, yeah, I sure he is. Where is Drinkwater? He's nowadays? at Reading. He's at in Drinkwater at Chelsea. No, he's at Reading now. He's gone to Reading, has yeah. he? He's linking up with Andy Carroll down there. Yeah. Well, fair enough. So he, I imagine he there was talks of him to go to City at some point. Drinkwater. Yeah. Nothing yet. Nothing <laughs> yet. No, I can tell you now. Um, the next podcast, I think we'll uh, we'll have some a few signings to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. One of those being Wes Morgan. <laughs> you heard it here first on the Brizzle Kicks pod. That'll about do it, won't it? Yeah. Not too bad at all. Um, well, if you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe um, and be notified of our next episode, which comes out every other Monday. Um, if you'd like to get in contact, then follow us on Twitter at Brizzle Kicks Pod and uh, drop us a tweet. Yeah, and let's hope 2022 is a better year for one half of Bristol football than it was last year. The red half. <laughs> Thank you, Coots. <laughs> See you next week.